Clark County Today's Sports Podcast, January 26, 2024, Reclassification and How Its Affects Southwest Washington and Memories of Kobe Bryant from a Local Athlete. Reporter Paul Valencia and Sports Administrators Tony Liberatori and Kale Pylan talk about high school sports and more. By Paul Valencia with ClarkCountyToday.com Welcome back to the Clark County Today's Sports Podcast. In this episode, we discuss the ramifications of reclassification. The WIA has announced the numbers, and there are some changes in southwest Washington. No changes for Clark County 4A and 3A schools, but a change with 3A football. Plus Fort Vancouver with a big change for all of its athletics. We also talk about the new football coach at Camas High School. And reporter Paul Valencia has a background on a special story that will be posted on Clark County today on Friday regarding a local athlete, Ava Smith of Union High School, and the anniversary of the death of Kobe Bryant. The podcast format is simple. Tony Liberatori of Vancouver Public Schools and Kale Pylan of Evergreen Public Schools give their thoughts, along with Clark County Today reporter Paul Valencia. Liberatori and Pylan are longtime sports administrators. And Valencia has been a sports reporter in the region for more than 20 years. We're always interested in subject ideas for a future podcast. Email us a subject idea. Send us your thoughts at paul.v at clarkcountytoday.com. Hello, it's Paul Valencia from Clark County Today. This is the Clark County Today Sports Podcast with Tony Liberatore. Hello. From Vancouver Public Schools and Fort Vancouver High School. And we also have Kale Pyland from the Evergreen School District or Evergreen Public Schools. Hey, Kale. Just happy to be here. Just happy to be here. <laughs> All right. You're here, so you won't get fined. Hey, that's right. <laughs> Just, we, uh, sorry, before we start, you know, yeah. we were talking about the ice last time. Yeah. The ice came in. It yeah, did. it did. It did. I Yes. Oh, did uh, it. But, uh, you know, I still would have liked, uh, the, but Friday didn't need to be canceled. The Friday did not need to be canceled. Yeah, well, the, the wrestling, we went home early, but you're talking Clark County. Clark County uh, on that Friday was fine on Friday. They could have played their basketball games. They could have done the wrestling tournament at least day one, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, but it could have been also like the following Friday when, and, that, and, then the, and the ice blew in and yes. we could, you could have been caught. So, That's true, you too. Know. But it wasn't as big of a snowstorm Correct. as they first anticipated. But then the ice was just, it, it, the ice is always the ice. No ice kids got caught anywhere on a bus for five hours. <laughs> That's Paul. true. So I guess that was good. But uh, <laughs> yes, you know, we should just have wrestling tournaments in August then. Okay, good. Good deal. Oh, outdoor wrestling. Yeah, let's go for <laughs> it. Yeah, you know, that was, you know, the mat, they tried that at, uh, during COVID at yes, Camus. It yes, was a great yes, picture. Yes, it, yeah, it, looked was, cool. it looked amazing. But the, but the mats got too hot. <laughs> <laughs> so they couldn't do that. Anyway, hey, um, today uh, we're going to talk reclassification. The Numbers are out for WIA and what it means for Southwest Washington. We're going to uh, give a shout out to Adam Matheson, football coach from Mountain View, formerly Mountain View, who's now the head coach at Camus. And I've got a special story. It's, it's a sad story, but also a little bit inspiring story. We have a local connection. Kobe Bryant died four years ago on Friday. We're, re we're recording this on Thursday, January 25th. It will probably post this recording. will post on the anniversary of Kobe's death. And we have an athlete from Clark County who actually talked to Kobe Bryant the day before he died and played against Gigi wow. in Gigi's last game. And uh, that story will be on our site, ClarkCountyToday.com, on Friday. When I, Yeah, it'll post Friday, but we'll get to that later. So, But anyway, let's uh, reclassification numbers have been announced by the WIA. 
and we do it every three years, four years. What is it, Kale? Four years. Every four years. Yep. You you reschedule you basically you run your scheduling cycle on two years still, but we don't reclass. We used to reclassify every two years, but now we reclassify every four. And every year there's all kinds of angst among all the ads as they're trying to crunch numbers and try to figure out, hey, how do we get lower numbers? How do we get higher numbers? Or whatever they want to do. And, uh, and I don't think fi- anybody ever says they want to get higher numbers. That yeah, usually doesn't happen. They, they, that's true too. That's true too. <laughs> they're always always trying to find. There's no way. Camera should be two A, don't it? <laughs> so anyway, but uh, but th- they've come out and for four A and three A, uh, no big changes or no, no changes on, uh, on that. There is one for football and we're going to get to that in a bit. So we are going to have welcome a new team into the three AGSHL, but it's not from anybody moving up or down from our area. Right. And then the big news, Tony, yes, as a associate principal at, at Fort Vancouver, Fort Vancouver athletics, all athletics going to one a, is going that correct? One a yeah. we used, um, the appeal process. Mm-hmm. And uh, to look at demographic uh, data, and uh, that appeal was, or that, I guess it would be appeal. Yep, it's yeah. appeal. It's appeal uh, was approved by uh, District 4, and uh, we will move to 1A. So, and, oh, go ahead. Yeah, what, well, what, do you, what do you think of that? As a former AD and now a, a pr- associate right, principal and, and there, that's so, cool. You, there, you know, there's a little bit of crossover between my new role and AD, and this is where one of those came in. I, I uh, you know, I look at these types of numbers all the time. So I'll give you a little bit of heads up. So the WIA counts nine through 11th graders. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you nine through 12th grade just, just for these purposes, right? So Fort's about 1,500 kids. Between 70 and 75% are free and reduced lunch. Mm-hmm. We have another quarter that are uh, fluent in other languages besides English. We also have roughly 5% of our students that are homeless. And um, that's under Washington state law. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be um, classified homeless. So they're just not living with a parent. Correct. It could be living with relatives, mm-hmm. but not a parent. And then probably another uh, of those full student body, another maybe 30% to 35% that are what we would call very transitional um, home uh in stable, mm-hmm. just the, you know, the actual, like where we moving and kill knows this. There's a lot of movement between Fort kids to evergreen heritage and Bay. Yeah. They, they move a lot. And, and so now let's tie this back into athletics. What we want to be able to do. And, um, you know, my boss, Kurt, uh, has brought up that if there, we weren't at Fort as an admin team when this, um, rule was, um, written, mm-hmm or even various other iterations of this early, um, you know, being able to move up and down. And first it was football. But what we were able to do, and we've talked about this before, is we want um, the Fort kids to have a good, not only varsity experience, but a JV and C team experience. We would probably be um, a high 3A school. Um, You know, if we used August numbers, we'd be in the 3A. Right. And our kids, just based on they want to play sports, they don't get the opportunity based on some external factors to go to club soccer. Here's the thing on Friday night, we, I, and, and Kel knows this as well. On a Friday night varsity game, when we start freshmen, like in September, that might be their first football games they've ever played with pads on. Wow. Besides like 
recess PE. I'm not kidding. Yep. Because of how often these kids move. Maybe they played flag in middle school. Mm -hmm. They don't, they don't have the opportunities to play CCYF. Now that's not saying there aren't four kids that have played CCYF. I'm not saying that, but the majority of the kids don't get to what we believe. And, you know, I like how, um, Kel uses this term a lot on the podcast is, you know, um, school-based or educational-based athletics mm -hmm. is more than just wins or losses. Right. We feel that with the move to 1A, to, to use this process, it can do more for not only individual kids, but for the school as a whole. Okay. Mm -hmm. My entire educational background before I came to Fort to work as a principal was at Columbia River, almost night and day in athletics. Correct. Okay. And... Columbia River is still very traditional. When you think of an American high school, comprehensive high school, pep rally, home game, you know, at Fort, we just don't get that. So, you know, what are ways that we can build that community by using sports? Mm -hmm. Okay, and we've talked about it before. And, and this isn't to knock like an educational program, but we get more people in the stands for, you know, I was at the home basketball game on Monday. There's, there's a ton of people in the stands. You know, but we don't, you don't necessarily get that all the time for, you know, um, I don't even know what an equivalent would be education. Like no, I, the chemistry no, the, presentation. The point, right? you're you know? the point you're making is, well, is, well I, I tell people this all the time, nothing engages a community yes. like athletics. It just, it's right. it, 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 not, not good nor bad. It's just, right. it's just how we engage a community. Yeah. We're not having a podcast on the math club. Right. Right. <laughs> So and, fair point. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, if nothing you just against look the at math club, no, right. But if you look at, you know, if you just looked at straight, you know, Columbia or uh, Fort Vancouver's got, you know, 1500 kids and they should be playing Prairie and Mountain View and Heritage. But our participation rate is roughly the same as one a. And uh, yeah. And then of course the off season stuff that it, it, it just, it just doesn't exist. It, you might have, you might have five athletes in the whole school. <laughs> that that are, are doing off season with club stuff right. or, or personal trainers. And, like and so what, you know, and again, um, being able to get competitive at the JV and C level for kids that don't have a lot of experience in any sport against like-minded mm -hmm. or, you know, like um, skill wise athletes, right. that's huge for us. And that's what we want to be able to do. I mean, it will be a, you know, Kel mentioned this, this is a four-year process. It Well, it'll be longer than that for us. But, right. I mean, we're hoping by the, you know, the next reclassification cycle that we are just competitive. And I saw some stuff on, on Twitter. There were some Fort staff members that responded. I did not do that, even though I wanted to. You know, like, you're just taking a, you're taking a playoff spot away from a deserving school. Hmm. You know, that was kind of the argument. And... I don't, I'm, I'm not, we're not interested. I mean, we are interested in playoffs, but that's like, that's down the road. Like our boy, boy soccer team is going to be competitive mm -hmm. in any league in Clark County. Competitive. Right. I'm not going to say they'd win the 4A, but they'd be competitive. And, but I, but I also understand the 1A schools they are a little bit like, you guys have 1500 kids. We have 300. Right. But we're not pulling our athletes from all those 1500 kids. Correct. We're just not. I don't think yep. the La Center or Seton Catholics of the world should be, you know, I don't think they are complaining. I don't. I, no, I, they're, know, and they're not. Yeah, it's, no, it's, not. it's other schools. But I, I you know. Other if, District if, 4 it, 1A schools. Let yeah, me say that. They weren't county schools that right, I saw. Exactly. So. They were. Yeah. All right. So that's the, that's the Fort Vancouver perspective. 
Kale, give us a rundown of what uh, the whole thing and the and and what goes on with WIA and how they how they do this and and, um, and the four A three A. Sure. Well, there's or even two A in the. In, so as far as the four A's and three A's are concerned, the, there's no change. Uh, we still have the same four four A schools um, uh, that that we've had for the past four years. Um, with the what you were alluding to with the three A's, so there was a school, Shelton High School, um, four years ago. They went through the same process that Fort Vancouver just went through, and, and they had three A numbers, but they petitioned to play as a two A school um, for various factors, and they were granted uh, that appeal. They were going through the same process this time, uh, and the WIA felt that um, their reasoning this time and where they were at as, as a school was no longer would no longer warranted them being able to drop. Which so in four years, Fort Vancouver could theoretically go through that process again, um, and depending on where they're at, um, would or would not be granted. Because I think that the philosophy around that, and I'm sure Tony would agree with this, is to eventually play at the classification you're supposed to Absolutely. because your, your programs are healthy enough to do that. So Shelton was denied that. So there are a 3A school in District 4, um, and they've been playing in a, a in, in the Evergreen Conference, which is a 2A league. Um, but there's no other 3A schools um, up around them other than Kelso, which is, is somewhat close. Um, <clears throat> and so their options were either to, A, petition to join District 3 and play in a 3A league in District 3, uh, or... Um, stay within District 4 and gain access to the postseason uh, through uh, the other 3A schools that, that exist in District 4. So when it came to football, um, they asked if they could play within the, play a full league schedule with us um, as a six-team league, and we agreed to do that. So we will have a six-team uh, 3A football league next year. So weeks five through nine um, – those are all scheduled, which actually is a benefit. Go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to just remind our readers, our readers, <laughs> I'm an old print guy, our listeners, uh, that District 4 is Southwest Washington. It's us. It's, it's Clark County and Cowlitz County. But, and, and for the most part, it's, there's only four 4A schools yep. in District 4, and there have only been five, five 3A schools in all of District 4. Yes, so, and, and now, yeah, so, our, so our lar- typically our large school population in District 4 is all here in southwest Washington. So the fact that we have Shelton, who's um, that far north, is, is, is a bit of an anomaly. Um, so, yeah, we'll have six teams, and that, that also, it's a benefit to the 3As. Uh, one, it makes scheduling a lot easier because you don't have an odd number of teams, so you're not looking for a bye in week nine that you're trying to fill, which is very difficult to do. Um, but it's a, it's a benefit when it comes to allocation purposes because now in, in going into that allocation formula, instead of having five schools, we'll have six. So um, our hope is that we'll drive um, at least one year in additional allocation uh, into the into the WI into the postseason. Um, so that's that's really solid. Um, where the challenge still lies. So we we've talked we talked about this last year. The the, the WI passed an amendment. Uh, that gave the executive board the ability to set classification cutoff numbers, um, where in the past, the only way that process could be changed was through the amendment process, which is it's a very long and drawn-out process and takes time to do. So the, the, the executive board, for the first time this year, has had the opportunity to set where those cutoffs were. And what I had been proposing we do with that power for them is to not set where the cutoff numbers were until after final enrollment counts were seen. So they could see how many, roughly how many schools were going to be in each classification. And if within those classification cutoffs, there was a natural bubble. Like if you had, you know, a cutoff between 
school, the last school in the 4A and the first school in the 3A, and there's, you know, set 50 kids, whatever. That's different than if there's two, right? Um, so they didn't elect to do that. They elected to set that number before counts were finalized. And so the last four years, I believe we had 79 uh, schools in the 3A classification and 51 in the 4A classification. And I think we're now, and I, I could be off by a school or two here, um, the, the 4As were raised to 58-ish, I think. Uh, maybe maybe it's high 6 I'm not positive, but the 3As only dropped to 73. So when you put that into the formula, that still, for the 3As, drives in not a 16-team entry bracket, but a 20-team entry bracket. Um, which you do that to give because there's more schools in that classification, so you need to give more schools access. Um, but what we found in the last four years with that, one, so that, that means that you have schools that have to essentially, they're called state playoff games, um, but they don't take part at the, they don't take place at the state tournament venue. So, for instance, last year, Mountain View Boys Basketball qualified for the 20-team bracket, but they had to go up on a, I don't know if it was a Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. Wednesday. Right, yeah. and they, they played, I think it was Auburn Riverside, but they played at Auburn Riverside, and, you know, there's a couple hundred people in the gym, and it just it, it, it didn't feel like a state tournament basketball game, even though they were one of the 20 teams that qualified. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the downsides to the 20-team bracket, which, which through that amendment was what they were trying to get away from. The other downside to the 20-team bracket, really, it really hurts 3A football because you can't – well, you can, I should say. You can run a 20-team bracket in football. The only way you can do that is by adding a week somewhere. So you got to find a way to add a week on the front end or the back end, and the WI has been very reticent to do that because especially this year, you know, you've got all the finals in, in Husky Stadium. If the 3As were playing a week later, how do you do that? So – what the the rest of the state has done in every virtually every classification, but in, in most people's uh, experience here with our three A's and two A's, I gave you the one A's is we play those week ten games, right? So you have your sixteen team entry bracket, but it's really thirty two the six that that bracket is considered the WIA bracket, but thirty two teams make the postseason because there's those, those week ten games. Right. So. They addressed that for the three A's by just saying, okay, yeah, we can't give you a 20-team or a 40-team bracket, but you get 32, so that's more That's more than 20, so that's even better. Well, the problem is everybody in the state gets 32. So that's why we had this weird scenario this year where we had four or 4A schools, and three of those schools qualified for the Week 10 games, and we had five 3A schools, but only two of them qualified because there's still, there's still 70, and now there's going to be 73 trying to qualify versus whatever it is, 56, 57, 58, but they're in into the same numbered bracket. So in a nutshell, the, the 3A, it's much harder as a 3A school to make the postseason than it is as a 4A school, and that did not get fixed because we didn't set the number after we saw the, what the classification numbers were. We set it before, and so we still ended up with the same problem. Great. <laughs> I hope that made sense to everybody. It's government work. Well, I just feel for our 3A football coaches, yeah. right? They're trying, they're, they're, they're trying, and people are like, well, how can you make post? Well, it's a lot harder for us to make the postseason than it is even for our 4-3, our 4-4-A's. It just, it just, right. ma- it's math. It's all math. Yep. Got it. Math rules. Math rules until it doesn't. Yep. Yes. Well, <laughs> speaking of math, 
Uh, Adam Matheson, huh? Yeah. Oh, oh, what, what a segue. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so our, our friend Adam Matheson, long time, what, 15 seasons at Mountain View. I think he won 99 games at Mountain View. And uh, to the surprise of absolutely nobody, he was hired as the Camus head coach because uh, this uh, after 15 seasons at Mountain View, he uh, left Mountain View this past, you know, last spring is when he, when he resigned from Mountain View. And um, <laughs> he had a, a lot of different offers or opportunities, ended up at Camus High School working there as an athletic coordinator and an assistant football coach for uh, this last past, this past football season. And when their head coach, Jack Hathaway, resigned early January was the official date of his resignation, pretty much everyone agreed that, oh, well, you got Adam Matheson on your staff, so he's going to be the guy. Well, uh, I'm not saying, you know, there, there was no official plan. I talked to Adam. There was no official, like, you come here and you'll get the job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me backtrack. Maybe there was no official, you'll get the job. Maybe you'll get the job when it's open. There was never, uh, it's absolutely going to happen right away. That How's that? So anyway, so Jack Jack Hathaway resigned, and a few weeks later, Adam gets the job. And uh, so we say congratulations to Adam Matheson. He is now the head coach of Camus Football. But uh, when I posted that on um, X, or Twitter, X, you know, I, you know I, someone someone mentioned that, hey, this is, uh, it looks bad for Evergreen Public Schools because they lost a great coach because of funding. And then someone else said, no, it wasn't because of that. And then there was just an argument on Twitter. Oh, shocking, an argument on Twitter. So uh, I know, Kale, you can't really get into all the specifics as Evergreen Public Schools, but I can at least try to set the record straight. And so I wanted to let people know that um, Evergreen Public Schools got rid of all the athletic directors, correct, last year. Uh, uh, the standalone the athletic standalone director positions yes. were eliminated. Yes. Were eliminated, and that included Adam Matheson, Christian Swain. Uh, you know, all, at the four schools there were you know, and two of them were football coaches as well, mm-hmm. and one was a baseball coach. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, and Adam was waited and waited. It was hoping to still have a job. He still did have a job with Evergreen Public Schools, but they couldn't promise him a job at Mountain View. And he had always said he never wanted to coach at a school that he wasn't working at during the day. You know, remember these guys are full-time teachers or counselors or athletic directors, whatever they are, but they're, you know, he could have gotten a job. He had a job offer at Evergreen Public Schools at another school. So, but he just did not feel comfortable doing that and coaching at a different school. I respect that. So anyway, he uh, got the job. He got a job at Camus, became an assistant coach there. So it was funding that led to his departure, in my opinion. And if he would have had a job at Mountain View, even if his job had changed, he would, could have gone. I really believe he would have stayed at Mountain View. And Tony, what, what's your opinion? You're a Mountain View parent. I agree with you. He, I think he would have still coached. Yep, still coached at Mountain View. Yes, right. And uh, Kale, I don't know how much you can talk about it or want to, but uh, I don't want to. I don't want to ignore you. Um. <laughs> if what I guess what I'm saying, if I'm totally off base here, you know, let me no. know. No, no, I, I think the scenario that you you uh, drew out for people is accurate for how how that went down, um, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, an opportunity for Adam to remain employed with his day job at Mountain View um, didn't materialize, and uh, he was presented with another opportunity, and um, you know, obviously, um, within a year of being working at Camus, he impressed the folks there enough where, uh, you know, they, they, they extended him that, that offer, which 
I don't think anybody who knows the football community or the AD community in Southwest Washington would besmirch them for doing. I mean, they, they in, in for all intents and purposes, they made a great hire. I mean, also on X, when Jack resigned a few weeks ago, I mean, so many comments. Oh, they're just gonna, they're going to hire Adam. They're going to hire Adam, and and I I knew that was potential, but I couldn't just say as a reporter, oh yeah, it's definitely going to happen. Well, you, you never know. But uh, yeah, that was that's why I I, I put to, to to the surprise of no one, he's he's here. Here's one thing I think Adam's going to love because well, he came from Ferndale before he went to Mountain View, correct? And yeah, uh, yeah. so I mean that's community football, and the whole town gets involved, and for a big for a lot of big schools, even you know three or four around here or throughout the state, you share a stadium or or whatever. Or, you know, there's three or four schools to a stadium, and and while there can be some community involvement, there's what there's four schools in Evergreen Public Schools. Yep. There's four in Vancouver School. You go to Camas, and it's a one town, a one high school town yep. for for athletic purposes, and the whole town just, I mean, it's it's really Friday night lights. It's as close to Friday night lights atmosphere as you're going to get at a big school in the whole state. It's that it's really that cool at Doc Harris stadium. So I think he's going to love that. Yeah, no, I mean, there, there, and anybody that's been in this profession knows there are some um, advantages to, to be in a one high school system uh, because you only have to do something for, if you want to do something for your high school, you just do it for your high school. Um, whereas in Vancouver, uh, if you want to do something for your high school, you got to do it. And, and, and same as Evergreen, right? We got to do it. We got to do it for everybody. So um, when you're looking at making changes in finances and all that, there are just some, there are some different challenges in multi, multi high school districts that single high school districts don't, don't, don't share. Now I've shared some of that at times with folks from around the state who are in single high school districts and they've shared with me some challenges that are, that come with being in a single high school district. So, I mean, um, the bottom line is you got to try to put a good product onto, onto the court or onto the field and, and you got to build solid programs. And, um, there's no question in my mind that, I mean, campus football is getting a good one. So, and the campus community is going to love Adam Matheson. So there's, you know, that, that, that's as far as they're concerned, that's a, that's a, as far as I'm concerned for them, that's a win. Yeah. Tony, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I mean, if, if you don't want to miss a beat by naming a new head coach, I mean, that's where you go. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's, he's very, you know, he's embedded into the X and O world. You know, he, he presents at clinics all the time. That's not going to be an issue. The culture piece, mm-hmm. which he, you know, I think a, a really good strength. He's going to have um, to come up with another term. To the top is Mountain Views, right? But, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that travels. Yeah, it does travel. <laughs> no, but he, yeah. Maybe uh, he trademarked it. I don't know. I, um, but it, no, I, I do think, you know, I don't think Camus will um, miss a beat. So, you know, Eagle to Hathaway, they didn't miss. To Matheson, yeah. They to Matheson. And right. So. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, a little bit different pressure at Camus than, than Mountain View. <laughs> so uh, it, it's kind of a weird thing. It's not that um, everyone expects state championship or bust but, uh, at, at Camus, but it's, it's interesting because at 3A, no one expects a state championship from Southwest Washington in 3A because right now it's right. – what is it? Uh, O'Day, Eastside. O'Day, Eastside Catholic, Yelm, and Bellevue. Right? Those are the. Well, <laughs> or, or, or did I did I get Ron wrong there? No, but, no, no, but, but we. But, but that also speaks to a larger, you know, issue. I mean, issue is probably not the right term. It's just we haven't had a three A school play for a state or make a deep state playoff run um, other than Mountain View other than and Mountain View and, with Adam right? Matheson two thousand eighteen. Yes. Right, but, but it hasn't. But that's kind of a was kind of an anomaly, right? Yes, yes um, it was. 
Whereas the 4A league down here, that that's not the case. There's multiple, and so that you're you're the people you're competing with right. um, are that, it's just you're just competing statewide, locally at a different level. Right. right. Well, we got Camus has won state titles, Union has won state titles, and Skyview's been in a championship game. You know, yeah. in, in just the last 10, 12, 15, 13 years. Right. Yes. And the, so, and that just uh, just doesn't happen in 3A. And part of it is 3A is just stacked with these elite teams, and yes. they're always there. So, so there's no <laughs> no one. You know, hey, I you know, it'd be awesome if Evergreen goes. Eight and one or nine and zero oh one oh, year or whatever like you'd it's, love gonna that. it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. <laughs> it's but uh, but but you still don't ever anticipate making it all the way to Husky Stadium when you're in the three A right right now just right. because there's Some, so many elite teams. Somebody has to do it at the top. But, right. Uh, somebody has to do it. Yeah. You, you, so. you got to break down that break down that door. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. but uh, so there'll be a little bit different pressure for Adam Matheson now as he as a part of campus. What I know about Coach Math is he, I think he puts enough, enough pressure on himself that I don't think this <laughs> yes. is gonna, this pressure is going to affect him one. <laughs> I, I, I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this story. But my my favorite is when he fired himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only to rehire himself. Yeah. He fired. <laughs> I'll need to rehire himself. Yes, but uh, that was many years ago. He just kind of had enough. He was the athletic director at Mountain View, and he said the head football coach just isn't getting the job done, so he fired himself. <laughs> and six to eight weeks later, he rehired himself. So. <laughs> but uh, I, we all we all love we love you, Adam. So. All right, I guess we'll transition into uh, a special story that I'm going to have on Clark County Today site. Um, Ava Smith, who's a senior now at Union High School, having a great basketball season, uh, having her best year. She's always been good. Uh, but she was on an elite youth basketball team as an eighth grader, traveled the country. And, uh, yeah, she was actually there uh, playing a game at the Mamba Sports Academy when the news hit the academy that Kobe and his daughter and seven others died in the helicopter crash. And it turns out that she was actually – her team, Tree of Hope, based out of Seattle, they played Gigi's team, and Kobe was coaching Gigi's team. That was Kobe and Gigi's last game the day before. So Ava played against Gigi, and Ava got some great, just a great moment with Kobe Bryant, because Kobe went, Kobe respected. He was, he was like a coach who did you know, all the scouting and he looked at the other teams and they had played tree of hope three or four. Uh, I think that this was their fourth time playing and tree of hope had won the last three, but Ava a few weeks before had hit the dagger shot to win the game. Mm. Yeah. It wasn't a game winner. It was like a minute left, but it was the old three pointer that just put it out of reach. Sure. So the next time they see each other, Kobe walks into the gym and Ava and tree of hope, they're all warming up and he goes up to everyone on the other team and had a, and something to say about, Every one of the players, and it wasn't just Ava, but but he comes up to Ava and goes, "Hey, what's up, shooter? <laughs> Can you imagine an eighth grader right. being told, being asked? Yeah, Kobe remembers you, and and so she's inspired by the Mamba mentality, and uh, but it was also just a horrific day that she'll never forget. And a um, little backstory to the story is I actually knew that Ava was down there four years ago, and uh, me and her parents we talked. And we weren't sure if there's going to be a story. As a journalist, I said, I'll write it if you want to share it. But I think they made the right call. And, um, and Ava addressed it to me in the interview this week that as an eighth grader, she just didn't really want to talk about that publicly. Yeah. And so I told the parents, I said, okay, well, I know the story. I, if you ever do want to share it, I'm here. 
and I, and my you got my number, but I promised them I would never bring it up to Ava. You know, that's just something you don't bring up once right. once you talk to a parent. The parent, the parents, especially when you're eighth grade, the parents are the ones that have to give permission for the yeah, uh, yeah. you know an interview yeah. like this. This isn't your typical. Oh, I scored twenty five points as a sophomore <laughs> varsity player. You know, talk to the guy after the game and do a game story. I, but so I never ever brought it up. But uh, they reached out. Um, about a month ago, the dad reached out and said, I think Ava's ready to talk about it. So did the interview this week. We will have the story Friday. And uh, But I also just, you know, you guys are, are parents. And and uh, uh, the, the Kobe Bryant thing is an interesting thing because we all know that he was accused and was actually charged with a, a horrific crime, but never never convicted. We don't know what happened, but we do know what happened after that. He It seems like, from what we do know, he rededicated his life to being a better husband, better father, and then really went all in for girls' sports and women's sports. And I, I love that about the Kobe story. And here's someone from Vancouver, Ava, who, who actually witnessed that in person. This man made all of her teammates feel special. And I just thought, yeah, yeah I, I want to share that story. And, Tony, what are you, your thoughts on that? No, Well... Yeah, I, I mean, I love the local connection. Mm-hmm. And I also, uh, you know, I haven't obviously read your story yet, but what you were saying about Ava, that she has adopted that Mamba mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that, <clears throat> that's just part of Kobe's legacy, right? I was never a big Laker fan, right. but I loved watching Kobe, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's just one of those transcendent athletes, and, and that's, you know, and that, that he was able to give, uh, you know, it might have been 30 seconds pregame. Right. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yep. Right. Kale. Yeah. I just, I think it goes back to kind of the old adage that you never know what an action you take, how that's going to affect somebody else. Right. And he, Kobe, Kobe, he didn't need to do that, but, um, and who knows whether it was premeditated. Part of me is like, he's kind of the ultimate competitor. Was he trying to get into people's heads? (laughs) He might Uh, have been. Even for his eighth eighth grade girls. (laughs) Right. But, 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 uh, you know, obviously impacted her. And so, you know, yeah, he didn't have to do that. And the other thing, the only point I'll make to Paul is, um, I know you'd like to joke about the positive Paul moniker and whatnot, but, um, I think, I know I have, and I I know I'll, Everybody, so many people I know in in Clark County, since you've been covering sports, that just shows a lot of um, class, I guess, on your part. I mean, you had the story. Thank you. You, you had oh. the story, and and you could have you didn't, without even interviewing her, you could have run the story. Um, Put a post on Twitter, even. I was thinking yeah, the same yeah, thing. Right. Yeah, right. And and I, I, there's probably a lot of journalists who would. So you know, just that that's why being able to work with you is. I mean, I, I, I think it's. I, I'm sure I speak for Tony. It's 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 a pleasure because you feel like you're working with one of the good guys. Yeah, appreciate that. I, I mean, you sat on that for four years. Yes, and yeah, I you never would still, but like you like you said, you I waited. never would have brought. Right. Even I thought this would be the time, senior year. This would be the time to do it if we're right. going to do it. But I never, but I didn't want to be the one to reach out because I promised them I wouldn't. I mean, this is it's a very personal story. It's, yeah, absolutely, it is. It was. I mean, she told me the story, and I'm almost. I mean, it's it's. I mean, they're playing a basketball game, and they were uh, one of the last games that got stopped because there's three or four gyms, you know, three or four courts in this humongous play, but they don't know what's going on, but they start hearing parents crying, screaming like, Oh my God, what happened? And, you know, and if you guys remember, yes, there were so many rumors. Oh yeah. It wasn't, I mean, yeah. there was a report on it. On I don't even want to say the name of the, cause I, I might get that wrong and I don't want to be, but there was a national report that the whole Bryant family was on that helicopter. Right. Yeah. 
Right. And uh, so, I mean, there was room, but they just didn't know. It was just confusion. And, but can you imagine being on a basketball court and the, and the referees all stopped the game because they're at the Mamba Sports Academy. They're at the, the name, the man, the man who. The, the sponsorship. The man yeah. who presented, the, you know, who's, yeah. whose name is on this thing is, is gone. And he happens to, yeah, it was just, um, just stunning. But also, the, you know, Ava was talking about, the, so the day before when they played, and it was Gigi's last game, uh, Mamba Sports Academy won. That was the one time they <laughs> beat them. And, of course, the girls were upset that they lost. Ava's, you know, Ava's upset. Their teammates are lost. They, they lost. They're competitive. They want to win. And now all these year, you know, years go by, you know, Ava's like, well, I, I'm actually really glad that, yeah. that yeah. Kobe and Gigi went out on a win. So, and that's, you know, and, again, it's his, his words have inspired her to uh, – Become a better, better basketball player, and uh, I just I, I'm looking forward to sharing that with with the readers as, as I have with you listeners now. So that'll post sometime Friday. Thank you, Paul. Great. And uh, all right, we can transition to something a little bit, you know, I guess happier. NFL, <laughs> well, it's not too happy. Well, NFL playoffs, and the Chiefs are still in it, so I'm, <laughs> I'm not happy. <laughs> oh gosh, I, I I did my weekend trip with. Uh, I always go to the divisional playoffs. A bunch of guys go down. We we rent a suite and we watch football for seven hours a day, Saturday and Sunday. And uh, and lately, I'm, I'm miserable because the Chiefs always win that so week. Worst <laughs> Mahomes led team, and they're still in the right conference final. Right, yeah. I mean, this is they've struggled. That was their best game all year. On offense, really, if you consider yeah, yeah. who their opponent was and what they were doing, and yeah, I mean, so wide, wide right, oh, wide right, it's unbelievable. <laughs> that, that that is a you know, Mariner esque thing. It, it really is. That is a Mariner esque. It really thing. is. But I also thought, what were the Bills doing on second and third down? Yes, just throwing it deep into the end zone when you well, ha- you want to get a first down and kill more clock yes. to, uh, too. Yes. And not just rely on wasn't it a it was a long field well, I don't know long but it was still it, it it's was freezing cold it was yeah it wasn't 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 great conditions it yeah. wasn't a gimme and uh, certainly with that kick it certainly wasn't a gimme it wasn't a gimme they, they acted like oh it doesn't matter and I, I just thought the the play calling on second and third down and I know apparently Josh got Allen got hit a little as he threw the the, the second down one right. but on third down what are you throwing it deep into the end zone again yeah I think that one went way over but it's just. Just get a, go get a first down, right? And uh, so it was a bummer. And uh, was and then of course the another one that makes me upset is the Niners won, and I actually called it in the first quarter that the Niner uh, the, the Packers dropped a pick six. Yes, mm-hmm. yep. I, I mean I said nope, nope, they're gonna lose. I, I told everybody you can't be that big of an underdog and drop, drop. Six points, and I, I don't know if uh, I don't know if the Niners went and scored on that drive or not to make it even a ten point swing or a fourteen point swing, but it was a huge swing, and so everyone's blaming the kicker for not getting it overtime, and I'm like, the first quarter counts two yeah. guys, and you dropped exactly. I mean, that was right in his hands. It was easy pick six. So it, it, that's what I love about football. It's the greatest team sport ever. We can laugh at the kickers, but there are a hundred other plays before that kicker <laughs> choked. Before. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but including absolutely. including dropping one right in your hand. So the, I, so yeah. I, as a, as a Raider fan, I, I can't well, I can't stand the Chiefs, but I'm also still bitter against the the Niners just because the, the well, old Bay Area right sure. over and, and as I tell people, the Niners left the Bay Area a long time before the Raiders because Santa Clara Santa Clara is not the no. Bay Area. No, I, oh, I tell people that they'd be like if if the 
the Seahawks played in North in, in like Lacey, right? <laughs> yeah, or exactly. or maybe Fife. I don't know, but I mean, but Tacoma for sure. Yeah, you, you consider that? Yeah, yeah. I, don't know I was that. thinking Yakima. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I always tease that. Yeah, it's like the Raiders played closer to San Francisco than the than the Niners did <laughs> for the last few years in Oakland. So anyway, but but no, I um I, I'm always bitter. That was the worst Super Bowl ever for me. It was San Francisco versus Kansas City, having to root for the Niners, and of course, you know, the Niners yeah. didn't. That's know where you it. just hope both teams lose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but Tony, your thoughts on the NFL playoffs? So um, I uh, the next two weeks, or hopefully two or three weeks, if they get in the Super Bowl, I like the Lions. Oh, that would be. Cool. I just, I just, I like the super underdog. I like that Dan Campbell story of mm-hmm. like I know what it's going to take, but I'm going to have the endurance to do it because they were pretty bad the first couple of years with him. Yeah, you know, and that that was a big, uh, big trade to get golf. Yeah, and it, it, that's one of those rare trades. That worked out for both teams. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even more so if the Lions just make it to the Super Bowl. They've never been to the Super Bowl. Yep. Yep. Well, again, I'm I'm rooting for the Lions. Absolutely, because they're playing, you know, the Niners. But Hale? Yeah, I agree. I mean, the yeah. Niners are. I mean, the the Lions are. I think going to be kind of everybody's American in America that are darling. If you mm-hmm. if you don't have a rooting interest for the for the other three teams, um, but I just think. I think Baltimore is awfully, awfully tough to beat. Oh, right, right. right. I, mean, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know how you beat them if Lamar Jackson doesn't just make it like a handful of mistakes. I really, I, I mean, I really don't. And and they're they're very well coached. But but this week, all three of us are at least rooting for the Lions, and we, yeah, because you know, yep. I know I know Mr. Seahawk fan over there is not rooting for oh, the Niners. Oh no, 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 no. So, so we're, we're all in on the Lions. I'm sorry if the if the now let me ask you this: if the Niners play the Chiefs. Oh, it's, I got to root for the Niners again. No, no. Remember. We'll be against hey, each other then. But. The Chiefs had <laughs> never won the Super Bowl in my lifetime until 2020. Right. Remember that. What yeah. happened after What happened after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl? Yep. The world yep. went I know. The world I know. went horrible. I know. So it's be, it's our fault for allowing the Chiefs <laughs> to win the Super Bowl. So I've been I've said that you mean it's the, it's the Raiders' it, fault it, for it, even letting no, you get it's there. All, all of our fault. All well, society's fault. Well, the Raiders fault. had more of a hand in it than than I did or Tony did. <laughs> society's fault. It's just society's <laughs> fault. AFC West should. question. Okay. Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers. Yeah. You don't care. I don't care. It's the, 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 I, I, th- I think they're going to be. We've all heard of cougaring it. It's they'll, they'll charge you. I, I I see. I I want to believe that. I don't. He is. Oh, he's an excellent coach. And I'm worried about Herbert with an excellent coach. Right, but you know, I'm I'm just hoping that you know they're they're a billion dollars over the salary cap, and I'm hoping they it's going to be Herbert Harbaugh and a bunch of guys like us. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, Sign what, me up. Yeah, so, so that's I'll, I'll pass. I'll yeah, pass. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, but uh, Antonio Pierce. Uh, yeah. Here's a here's a fun story. A fun fan story. So. Um, I was supposed to get a Max Crosby jersey for my daughter a couple of weeks ago and the, during the last regular season game. Well, the, the Raiders were out of the black Crosbys. And, they, mm. you know, mm. and so um, I said, oh, okay, well, um, I'll just order one. But then there was that time where we – the Raiders hadn't hired Antonio Pierce, but Max Crosby oh. had kind of hinted, hey, uh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't hire this guy. I may be asking to move on because I love this guy. And so I'm like, well, I'm glad I didn't uh, order that jersey just yet. So, <laughs> But anyway, I went back to Vegas on Friday, and I actually bought the internet for my uh, – for the airplane, because I had a feeling they were going to announce when I was in the air. And sure oh. enough, the Raiders announced, so the word word came out. So while I was in the air, all right, Antonio Pierce. And so the first thing I did, went to Raider Image. Bought the Max Crosby jersey because uh, I think Max is happy. 
Yes, should so, be. So anyway, what else going on? That's probably about it. <laughs> yeah, Seahawks so, still need a head. Seahawks coach. need a head coach, Seahawks and head coach. as as we're recording, there's only two teams left that need a head coach, and there's some good candidates still out there. So, yeah. who do you um, want, Kale? Um, I think with what's left out there, I, there's there's three names that I like. Uh, obviously, Mike Vrabel, um, and the off- Johnson, the offensive coordinator for Detroit, and McDonald, the defensive coordinator for uh, for Baltimore. I think I think those guys move the needle. But I just have this. St- I just have this weird feeling that Schneider has something weird up his sleeve. Like there's a candidate out there that we haven't really talked about and he's going to pull a rabbit out of the hat and people are going to go, Hmm. And which I, I guess I will say, uh, when we took initially took Devin Witherspoon at five, I was like, that was a name that nobody was talking about them taking at five. Yeah. So my initial reaction was like, what? And I, then I was so, with the, this interweb web that we have now, I was able to pull up some highlights. I'm like, oh no, actually, this looks pretty freaking good. So um, we'll see, we'll see. But uh, yeah, I, I I do feel like we maybe need to go a little on the offensive side uh, of things since we've been so defensive uh, heavy and haven't played very good defense. But we'll see, we'll see. Right, Bill Bell, the hoodie. Yeah, no, I don't really have an interest in the hoodie. I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I think, I think <laughs> you've already had. You, you just got rid of one old coach. You don't want another old coach. <laughs> uh, I would take the right old coach. I mean, I don't. I don't I'm not an ageist like some people, Paul. <laughs> Ageism on yeah, the podcast. Exactly. Exactly. I just think it's funny that Bill Belichick even has to interview me and my six Super Bowl wins. Well, that was the weird thing about the Atlanta deal, right? I was yeah. like. You're interviewing Bill Belichick for a second time. Right. This better be just to anoint him I, right. because or he, he wanted a dinner somewhere. Yeah. Right? Hey, I, uh, by the way, I respect the Rooney rule. I really do. I, I know what it was for and all this stuff. I'm not, sh- I don't want to get into whether, whether, whether we need it in the future or not, but I think an exception to the rule should be if you've won a Super Bowl, you shouldn't have, you know, like, like if the Raiders or Seahawks wanted to hire Belichick, He's got six yeah. Super Bowls, yeah. or or Mike Tomlin. If Mike Tomlin was available, you shouldn't have to interview two other people that check a box, because they've already if they've already won a yep. Super Bowl, that should be the exception. The the thing for Belichick, it's gonna be it's gonna have to be the right spot because I don't right. think he's going anywhere where he, he's not going to get total control. Right, and so that just creates a different dynamic um, when you're making that hire. I know. I'm just saying that if you really want a Belichick. Oh yeah, you should be able to hire. You should him. be able to hire. Yesterday, guys won six Super Bowls without going through. You should be able to hire him on a box. phone call. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. If you want the job, it's yours. You <laughs> yeah. <know>? Yes. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so that's the, that's what I'm getting. At. All right, that's a, that's enough. Uh, oh, oh, your your Oakland A's. <laughs> Are they well? Uh, what, are they your Oakland A's now? Yes. Yeah. Well, they, it's it's kind of starting to sound like the owner might not actually have the cash to get them to Vegas, and yeah. and it's sounding like the Vegas business community doesn't really want them. Oh, that would How just about the break amazed? my. Did you see that on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. Oh my and, gosh. And no, crickets. That would break my heart. Sarcasm, sarcasm. <laughs> if the A's couldn't get to Vegas, and, uh, first of all, if you're going to tear down the Tropicana, it better be for more than a baseball stadium. And I know you guys like baseball. And yeah, I, I wow. like baseball too, but you don't tear down the Tropicana for baseball. No. Fair point. I know Fair the point. Tropicana is on, you know, has fallen on hard times compared to the other Terry resorts. Terry Benedict on that one? <laughs> Terry Benedict. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Benedict. <laughs> now. Yeah. There's going to be like six people who remember that reference. Thank you. Three of them are in this room. <laughs> okay. So, but uh, anyway, uh, that should be it. Say goodbye until the next time. Hey, thank you for listening. Yeah. 
Take care, everybody.